0: Ask you this: Have you ever tried something and you couldn't figure out why it wasn't working? Have you ever attempted something and you prayed, you believed, and you were what putting all that you could into it? And some some, somewhere you knew that wasn't just right in my life. But then you tried to figure out why in the world is this not working? And I think we can safely say that many of the times that things that are not working in our lives are things that are not vitally connected to the. To hosting in His presence, that our focus too often is on the fruit of our lives and what we think we want. Many times in church ministry, and definitely in student ministry, and all kinds of missionary, all kinds of ministry, is that people think, well, if if I get some notoriety in ministry, if I if I write a book if I have a lot of people come to a a meeting or a service, then 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 God is approving of my life. Or maybe you've thought this, that if I get to a place where I don't have any concerns or any worries and everything's fitting into place, then then that's the place where God's presence is in my life. And that's just simply not how it works. and, And watch what he says right here. Can I go back to this? that he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, is that we're too often focused on the fruit. Fruit is a product of being connected to the vine. Now, how silly would it be? I brought some grapes up here. Does anybody else like grapes? Who likes red grapes? Red grapes. Who likes green grapes? Who likes purple grapes? Who likes raspberries? Those aren't grapes. All right. (laughs) So... Here's a grape that came from a vine. And how silly would it be, just drop back in there, how silly would it be if we went through a vineyard and we heard the grapes talking, Oh no, we're trying to be grapes. And you go over there and you say, Little fella, keep on trying to be a grape, be a good, good grape. How (laughs) silly. how silly would it be to talk to the fruit and like, hey, Mr. Jonathan, I'm really trying hard to be a grape. (laughs) And we're running around thinking that the fruit is the one supposed to determine the outcome of its life. And the opposite is true. The the nourishment and the water and the food that the vine produces is what causes the, the grape to grow. The grape's gonna grow as long as it's connected to the vine. The grape is just a product of being connected to the vine, and too often in our lives, we're trying to figure out our life. We're trying to figure out the fruit. We're trying to figure out how it's going to turn out or what's going to happen or how it's going to benefit me, and that's not how what we should focus on. The focus isn't on what we think God should do. The focus is on his presence because that's where the vine comes in. All right, let's keep going. We live a whole lot of, we would live a whole lot free, more free, when we realize that there is nothing that we can do on our own. There's something refreshing about, about just knowing, I can't do this. It doesn't matter how much I try or how much I labor. Can I just tell you right now that there is no way that I'm ever going to be a hairdresser. First of all, I have nothing to my own credit about hair design. Second of all, I'm not ever, (laughs) why is that funny? I'm never going to be in hair design. It would be silly for me to go cry in Ogle, which where Allison goes, and go sit in a chair and cry that I'm never going to be a hairdresser. I'm never going to do it. Well, that's silly. I wasn't designed to be a hairdresser. And a lot of times in our lives, we're crying and pouting and upset and, and discouraged and overwhelmed by things that we were never designed to do. Let's see what else Jesus says. If you do not remain in me, you are... Oh, the Jesus is about to get tough here. You are a branch that is thrown away. Whoa. And withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and burned. Can you be a little bit more kind, Jesus? (laughs) But the expectation is, in all of our lives, that we can somehow be disconnected from the vine of his presence and be all right. And Jesus is making this big old profound statement to these people saying, it is impossible It will never happen where your life will be anything of significance and value and love and peace and trust if you aren't vitally connected to me. We're either connected or disconnected. There is no in between. I have these vines in my backyard. Now, mind you, my backyard is literally about the size of this stage, and I love it. But I went back there last, uh, last week during spring break and there is this vine that comes over from my neighbor behind me into my yard. And this vine is all twisted and all, which I really don't mind it because it kind of shades that part of my house. But can I let you know that that vine dump, dumps a truckload of leaves in my yard every single fall. And I just get tired of all, I mean, piles and piles. I had set my... It's the size of this platform. And I had seven bags of mulch leaves from that backyard last week. So I went and I got my handy saw and I started, <laughs> I didn't, is this, I mean, the vine is that thick. It's huge. And I start sawing through the vine. Not that I wanted to move the vine because it's all into trees and it's all in the fence and it's all up, it's almost to the power lines around a pole and stuff. But you know what I was doing? I was disconnecting the vine. What was interesting, when I was disconnecting the vine, I broke it in probably about three or four places, about that big, and I'm sawing through it. When I would disconnect the vine, all this water would come out from the vine. And then I'd go to another spot, and I'd start sawing it, and when I would separate, I mean, even as I was separating, this water is just falling out of this vine. And the thought came to me that this section that I am disconnecting It was a big, I mean, this big old loop thing that was coming up here and I severed it here and I severed it here, that that piece is never going to bear fruit again. There will never be leaves from that section because I completely severed it. Do you understand that the enemy's plan for our life is to disconnect us from the vine? He desires that he sever completely. I liked that water was coming out of that vine because the word of God talks about the washing of the water of the word. And so I've got to actually have a challenge for you at the end of tonight. Let me go on with Jesus. Another story about Jesus. And Jesus and his disciples were on their way and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. Now she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Let me make some points before we go any further in the story. Sitting at the Lord's feet shows putting aside every worry, and every care. And honestly, including me and starting with me, we have a great, great, what do you call it? Trouble setting aside the cares of the day. Setting aside the worry of whatever we might be going through and finding ourselves sitting like what what Mary did, sitting at the Lord's feet. Mary had a connection in her heart For something Jesus was offering, that I think that that Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus was that saying, "I'm going to connect to the vine." Here's the funny thing, and I heard uh, I think it was Kenneth Copeland say this in a message. He said that it would kind of be silly if we took a bunch of branches and started trying to plug them into trees. You might, I mean, I've heard of grafting them, but it, it's kind of the natural product of a trunk of a tree is to produce branches. And Jesus is saying that the natural product of you being a part of who I am is that you're gonna be a part of me and you're gonna have branches coming out of me and that, that you were always designed like Mary figured out, you were always designed to be connected. But let's hear about Martha. Look at your neighbor saying, say Martha. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Can I make this statement that I think Martha was, was, and Jesus is about to say, that Martha was a little more uptight about something more than making dinner for Jesus. She came to ask him and asked, Lord, do you not care? That my lazy sister, Mary is uh, not, <laughs> I'm adding stuff. <laughs> my lazy sister has left me to do the work by myself. And then he, she, Martha tells Jesus, you tell her to get up, get away from your feet and get in here and help me. There is nothing more that the enemy wants to do than to distract you. Here's the funny thing about Martha. Martha is preparing food for Jesus. Wouldn't that be, you know, you would think that's a pretty noble thing, that you're making spaghetti with uh, uh, French bread and and green beans for Jesus. And Jesus wasn't interested in spaghetti. Jesus was interested in pouring into people like Mary's life. And Martha said, how noble is it of me that I'm in here working for Jesus? Do you know how often we can be totally disconnected and distracted and be in the middle of doing stuff that we think that we're working for Jesus? Busyness has become a badge of honor. I I often say this to myself when my schedule is going crazy, 90 to nothing, I've got a million things to do. I stop and think, you know what, Jonathan, you made your schedule, (laughs) That'll tick you off real quick. <laughs> You're like, oh, I've got too much to do. And then he's like, wait a minute. I said yes to all this stuff. Because we've gotten to a place in society that we think that busyness is some badge of honor. Busyness has become a standard for our lives. That we like going up to the calendar on the refrigerator and seeing, well, we got this Monday night and then we got this Tuesday night and then we got this Wednesday night and then we got this Thursday night and then we got this Friday night and then we got this Saturday morning and this Saturday afternoon and this Saturday at night and then Sunday we got church and then we're just going to go home and crash and take a good Sunday night nap and then... Instead of looking at our schedule and saying, I am the one that makes this and I don't need to be a part of in the middle of everything going on. Because something makes us feel like we're important and productive when we're going 20 million different directions. Can I let you know? Have you ever just gotten up one morning and your normal time or whatever and you got up more tired than when you went to bed? (laughs) You ever done that? You just get up and like... I feel like I've been run over by something and you're getting up from sleep and then you're either contemplating everything that you had to do the day before that wore you out or everything that you're gonna have to do that day that's going to wear you out instead of at a place where when can I take a, and I'm going somewhere with this, when can I get a place where God never called me to be busy? God never said, "I want you to be busy, strung out, worn out, stressed out, drug out, everything else out." That never has been His plan for anybody's life. Can I let you know what we're ruled by did and bring my phone? Does anybody have their phone up here close? Can I let you know what we're Tyler, Taylor, what's the size of this screen right here, just on an average iPhone? What's the size? was this is about a? What's the size of the screen? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think that is? Probably about three feet. Three feet. <laughs> three feet. Three inches right there. I don't know. Seven. Four point seven is the diagonal. Four point seven diagonal on an iPhone or a smartphone. Do you realize how much of our life is dictated and run by and ruled by, overwhelmed by, told by a four point seven inch diagonal world? I see it all day, every day. Kids walk down the hallway running into people literally because their, phone, their face is like this. I've had it where they, where they say, Mr. Moore, can I charge my phone in your room? I'm like, sure, because it's on like 0.2%. And while it's charging, they're over there looking at stuff. I'm like, let the thing charge. <laughs> but they've got to know so badly about what's going on in Twitter world that they can't even allow the thing to charge a little bit without going through. And, and you should see them, here's the girls. They do like this and the guys do it too. But the girls, they kind of prop one foot up. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. And they're leaning against the wall and, and this long cord, you know. Some of these girls, they have like cords that are like 17 feet and, the, you know, it's plugged in in the next room. <laughs> they wrap it up like a, a what you call it, a, a fire hose and they're going at it. Lord knows what is on there. And can I just let you know in something that I don't think that is too profound and apart from God that he didn't design us to live like that? Can, can, can I let you, here, Caitlin, you, can, can I let you know that, can, this isn't even in my notes, but this will help you. This is, bo- this is a bonus night. Can I let you know that if you're sitting at a, at a table with other people and you've got your phone out, there's something wrong. Hope y'all have me back next week. (laughs) Do you realize we do that? We'll be sitting at a table with people that are valuable and mean a lot to us, and we love dearly. And we'll be looking at that stupid screen. Okay, so (laughs) listen to what Jesus said because he's really, really nice to her and understanding. Martha, Martha, the Lord says. You know when when Jesus says your name twice, he's he's about to tell you something. You are worried and upset about many things and she's all like spaghetti jesus who's going to set the table jesus who's going to make the who's going to make the garlic bread jesus and jesus is like that ain't what's rocking your world mary it ain't garlic bread rocking your world don't answer that unless it's jesus <laughs> <laughs> it's Robert. He, he, he has some uh, Hispanic workers in the, uh, what do you call it? The, the uh, what do you call that The warehouse. And they're probably named Jesus. So he was like, Jesus. Jesus is calling me. Hello, Jesus. Hey, Mr. Robert. <laughs> pues what am I supposed to do with it? I thought this was Jesus. Never mind. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Just crush it. Get a hammer and crush it. No, I'm just kidding. That Jesus looks into Mary's, Martha's life, and in just a brief moment says, Martha, Martha, chill. There's a lot more working going on inside of you than making dinner. I don't think we sometimes even know what has become the biggest distractions in our life. That Martha is. In, she has Jesus in front of her and is saying to him, don't you care that she's not helping? And, she, and Martha doesn't have any clue that the distraction is bigger than Mary not helping. We have no clue how many, time, how many things are pulling for our attention. Can I, can I let you in on something that I hope will help you? We a lot of times have stuff pulling for, on our attention that doesn't even matter. You ever been all up in arms about what somebody was thinking or saying or doing and that person was even clueless that you were up in arms about what they were saying, thinking or doing? We're all worked up about people who sleep good at night. I mean, they're snoring and slobber flowing and everything. We're all staring at the ceiling wondering what's gonna, what they're going to do and how they're going to react and how they're going to respond. And Okay, I'm preaching now. Watch what he says to her. He said, "Very few things are needed. And I like Jesus right here. He says, well, really, indeed, there's just one. In Jesus, just simple. He said, Martha, few things are needed. He said, really, really, just, just one, Martha, is needed. I'm going I'm to help you. One thing is needed. He's, Mary, he's, Mary's chosen that, way, that way, 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 what is better. And, it, and it's not going to be taken from her. And he, in essence, is saying, join in this hosting of my presence. Join in the sitting at my feet. If nothing else gets done, then let the one thing be what really matters. Jesus reduced the purpose of our lives to just one thing. Mary knew that her purpose, she figured out that one thing. That one thing was to host his presence. Not host the meal or host the entertainment or host the atmosphere. Mary figured out that one thing was needful to host his presence and Mary wasn't sitting at Jesus' feet with her want list. I want to give us a challenge in just a couple of minutes as I close this. But I think that a lot of our times that is spent in the presence of God is spent around our prayer list and what we're believing for and what we're standing in faith for. And I'm not against that because I have a prayer list just like everybody else. But I think that we spend all of our time in his presence running the list. And Mary figured out that I can spend time just sitting at his feet. Mary put everything else aside, even the judgment of her sister, to host the Lord. Now, we've run out of time, so I want to show you something real quick. Taylor, if you'll come on down. Now, this little illustration right here, I 100% absolutely made this illustration up myself. No, I'm kidding. I stole it from my sister last night at the women's, or Monday night, at the women's meeting. And I have a challenge for you right after I show you this. But how many of you have ever had a time in your life where just everything seemed to be falling in at one time? Have you ever said um, at a time in your life, can anything else, can anything else go wrong? And have you ever felt like just the, what do you call it? The part of your heart was just filled up with just so much care, so much worry, so much concern, so much uncertainty, so much fear. And just like, can I, can I say this? That I have a feeling that Mary just wasn't this person that just said, I'm gonna choose the better thing because I've got it all together. I have a feeling that Mary had just as many issues as Martha did. She just knew that there was only one way out of this. And so when we design our lives to host his presence, and I I wanna encourage you that hosting his presence is not running our prayer list. But as we host his presence, because here's what happens when you run the prayer list: you're focused in, you're focused on you, you're focused on what you want and what benefits you and what will make life easier for you. And sometimes God calls us that as we host his presence, that he said, just like he said to Mary, he said, Mary, to Martha, he said, Mary has chosen the one thing, the one thing that is needful, and that was my presence. And as he poured, as he sat at, as Mary sat at his feet, he poured in his presence, and as he poured in his presence, something happened. That all the weight, all the worry, all the concern, all the overwhelm, all the, I don't know God, all the wish, I wish I knew how this was going to turn out. I wish it was different. I pray, I'm setting my faith that you'll make it different, that, that God never designed us to live a life with all of our list checked on what we think it should be. He only, he only, according to Jesus, he only designed our life is to host his presence. And as you host his presence, the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace And everything that's trying to occupy the space in my life, all the distractions, all the worry, all the concern, all the overwhelmed, all the uncertainty starts to float out. And Ms. Sheila made a, she used this Monday night with the ladies meeting, is that she made, this this was probably, this was worth your, whatever you paid to get here tonight, this was worth it right here, what I'm about to show you. Cares are gonna come. Just because you make a commitment to what God has called us to do, cares are going to come, but watch what happens when they try to. When we host his presence and those cares try to come, what once what once would take anchor in our hearts is no longer able to anchor, and when it comes, we just go ahead and force it out again with the washing of the water of the word. Get out of there. I'm about to drown my, my computer up here. <laughs> now let me challenge you with something as we close tonight. I want to challenge you, as I've challenged myself, to take time every day to host the presence of God in your life. And here's what I think it looks like. There was some brothers, they were if I if I remember the story right, the Wesley brothers. And they ended up founding the church of the Methodist church and different works and so forth. If I remember right, the mother was, had several children. John Wesley, all these, all these children. So what happened was she would stay at home with the children, raising children. And kids everywhere, craziness. You know how you know, your house is in the summer when everybody's home. And what she would do is she would sit in her chair and she would take her apron because she had children everywhere. She would take her apron and she would throw her apron over her head. And the kids knew that when mama took the apron and threw it over her head, that she was meeting with God. And they knew not to mess with mama. And so even though this woman didn't have a prayer room or a prayer garden or a prayer floor in her house. She host underneath that little cotton uh, apron, hosted the presence of God. And of course, raised great men for the Lord. I wanna challenge us, and I've been doing this for, I guess, about a week now, that I take one or two worship songs and in those one or two worship songs, I don't I don't pray about something. I don't pull up my my prayer list. I don't pull up my believing, quoting scriptures. All I do, and this is this is this is This is, change, this is different than what we ever done, have done before. All I do is out. If anything comes out of my mouth, it comes out that God, you are worthy. You're good in all your ways. You're majestic and powerful. You're merciful to so many. You're, your name is love. And I just start out of, out of whatever is in my spirit, just start hosting the presence of God, not God, I wish this situation would change. God, I'm believing for such and such. And for the length of that song or the length of those two songs, host the presence of God. Can I let you in on something? Don't host the presence of God because you think it's going to get you something you need. Do you see how we've warped it? That we host the presence of God. You can finish what I, we're out of time, but you can finish what's on Revelation on your notes. That when you host the presence of God, it's entirely about him. It's wholeheartedly about him and not about us. And not about where we are or anything else. It's it's funny because at first, I promise you, at first you're going to be like, uh, let me pray for Aunt Susie real quick. No, I'm not supposed to do that right now. (laughs) You can pray for Aunt Susie, but not in that time that you're hosting his presence. In that song or in that moment, in those few minutes that you're hosting his presence, make your focus entirely on who he is. Can I let you in on something? It changes the way you see everything. And even though you could be saying, well, let me run over to my prayer list. You're like, that prayer list will be there later on. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I think a lot of us have gotten to that place where we're like Martha, worn out. Just worn out. Worn out emotionally, worn out spiritually, worn worn out mentally, just worn out. There's no vacation. There's no therapist. There's no situation that can change that can make that any different other than the presence of the King of Majesty. And Jesus was so gracious in ministering that to us. And he said, there's just one thing you need. And Mary chose it. So right now, as you sit there, I just pray that the Lord would prompt your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And that you would just as as a decision going forward, just indefinitely, that every day that you would host the presence of God just for the length of a worship song. Just that I have one song that I use and just the length of that worship song or two host his presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.